I don't want to say untapped, but I think that there's a lot of potential to improve the experience for dentists, office managers, and patients. Um, so I really think growth within dentistry is just any type of growth for those three parties, dentists, office managers, and patients. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. I'm Katie Polson, and for those of you that are new here, we're excited to have you. This is going to be a great episode. We are continuing our conversation on a really interest increasing case acceptance over the holidays. Many of you know, as we approach December, uh, lots of people end up tightening their purse strings a little bit. They're getting ready to pay for uh, whatever holidays that they have coming up or even if it's a Black Friday, because apparently that's my daughter's favorite holiday. It's what? I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing a good job, people. But that, that being said, um, there's a lot of ways that you can spend money in November and December and um, case acceptance. And, and uh, well, a lot of people don't want to spend it on their teeth. So we're going to talk about one of the ways that we can do that when we have um, Brad James from Clear Hair. But before I introduce him, I wanted to uh, do a little bit of housekeeping here for those of you that are um, current uh, are not current customers and want to be one. We are giving away 50, a $50 gift card to those that complete a demo. If you go to get.dentalintel.com forward slash podcast uh, for listeners to our show, they can go to there and we'll make sure that that link is also in our show notes. Um, like I said, if this is your first time here listening to the show, we've got other, we've got a lot of other great episodes. Uh, our growth series, which is 30 minute action packed um, information on a certain topic that we that we tackle today. Again, it's case acceptance, but um, we also have deep dive episodes where we talk to some of our top 10% practices that use our, our software and talk about how they actually achieve what they're doing. Um, those, those are some really fun episodes. And then we also have some episodes for people in the GSO space. So check those out. And I think that's, that's it for, without further ado, welcome Brad James from clear. So glad to have you. Thanks for having me on Katie. So good. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us a little bit about clear. Sure. So, um, I'm from the Philadelphia area, born and raised and um, basically my background professionally is uh, prior to being at Clear, I worked with, uh, with business development within a company that essentially specialized in Salesforce projects. Um, so Salesforce, the CRM um, that has grown rather substantially over the past several years. What I did within that role was um, I essentially prospect and, and, and source into companies that had Salesforce implementations. Um, we essentially looked to win over those projects and also staff, um, Salesforce solutions, architects, uh, developers, administrators uh, to supply those companies with the talent that they needed uh, to fulfill those implementations. So that's that's my background prior to Clear. And then I've been with the company since May 2018, started off on the sales side and, and now um, over the past two and a half, three years, I've been working also on the business development and strategic partnership side. So working with companies like Dental Intelligence to see how we can align our value propositions and our market positioning uh, to help our clients and to provide a, a better experience for them. Awesome. So 
tell us a little bit about Clear. When did when was when did Clear start? So we started in January 2018. I so I was, I was there relatively early, and you know we're approaching year five, which is crazy to think about. But um, yeah, so we started back in January 2018. Yeah. And uh, we've we've since grown. Uh, we've had a nice footprint in the industry since. Uh, we're now working with over seven thousand dentists in all fifty states. Um, and essentially, what we do is we help practices successfully implement their own in-house membership plans. Mm, yeah, and there's that is a testament to your company and the company and the type of work that you guys do that you're able to start a business in 2018 and then ride through what I'm lovingly called the pandy (laughs) (laughs) and then uh now you're here in 2022 and you guys have just continued to see growth year year after year that's pretty awesome yeah Um, we were oh oh sorry I was just gonna say I was gonna say we were in a unique situation due to the pandy uh, where you can borrow that. I didn't make it up. But I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> where like a lot of practices were looking for something to help their patients that were having financial hardships. So the membership plans were kind of a, it was kind of a driver of some growth, believe it or not, uh, which was mm. weird, but um, just wanted to touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So as a company, so we're t- going to get into the topic here of, of case acceptance. Um, and obviously one of the ways, as I was kind of talking, thinking about who do we really want to have on to help practices make people feel comfortable so that they can accept the treatment that they need. It's not necessarily that we want to overdiagnose. We're not talking about overdiagnosing here. We're talking about getting the, the treatment, making people feel comfortable paying for the things that they actually need, which is a whole, it's a whole nother facet of actually of getting dental work completed. Um, so as a company, do you guys notice, I guess, a difference? I mean, this is your fifth year now. I'm sure you're noticing trends this time of year when it comes to completed treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so we we know, we all know that insured patients, there's a spike in activity because they're looking to take advantage of the benefits mm-hmm. of their benefits, especially if they missed uh, recare or if they missed an appointment at some point and they had to reschedule. Typically, this is where we see a spike. Um, but what's really nice with, with the membership plans where what's nice with the membership plans is that there's no real like restrictions from a time frame perspective with like insured patients, you know, it starts Jan- January 1st and it runs through the calendar year. So they're always, there's always this kind of like, I don't want to say pressure, but if they miss appointments, they feel pressured as a consumer and as a patient to take advantage of what they're paying for or what their employees compensating them for. Whereas with the membership plans, the patients have a lot more like flexibility because they can, they don't have to enroll on January 1st. Like they can, they can enroll whenever they want throughout the year. And I think that honestly relieves a lot of stress for the front office, just for the office team. Yes. Um, because when you see that there's a ton of insured patients and there's this huge rush to get treatment done in the last quarter of the year, that can really be a stressor for especially dental practices where we hear it time and time again, it doesn't seem like it's really, it's really been solved at all, but it sounds like a lot of teams are spread thin 
They're still tr- struggling with turnover. They're struggling mm-hmm. to backfill positions. So it's kind of like a, wor- a worst case scenario, I would think, if headcount or, or if employment of, for, of their team is really their problem and all of a sudden you see all these people rushing in and it's usually the time of year where people are starting to hopefully wind down, spend a bit more time with their families. For the dental practices, they're just super mm-hmm. scattered. So yeah. Um, so that's that's what we see. Obviously, I don't think it's it's anything new to the listener that this time of year is super busy. But I think with the membership plans, it it, it kind of um, it can free up some time for the practices when yeah. you allow patients to. I I love that idea, and it's not something I had thought of of a solution to that because we've talked. I mean, we, I've we've kind of talked a lot in the past on the show with other people about how to handle the end of the year before or getting ready for the end of, you know, whatever, I think last year we did 2021 and starting a new year in 2022. And some of the solutions was like, you know, have your, have your parties or celebrate your staff or whatever, take time off outside of the holidays, right? Like try to do that in a time when it's slow, like September or whatever, like to have the forethought to do that at a different time. Um, and that was, that's been the solution. Like, just don't celebrate when the rest of the world celebrates, <laughs> essentially. Um, Buckle up when it's uh, some, the holidays. Where some practices <laughs> might work really well, but I love the idea of by using a membership plan and having a large base, a large, you know, base of your patients using that instead of insurance, which I think a lot of practices are, tr- are trying to move away from. Um, that it, it frees up that, that period of time and it kind of spreads people throughout the year. Um, it doesn't create that urgency. So yeah, it's a good that, idea. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're giving your team, if you're giving your patients flexibility, you're subsequently going to be giving your team flexibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously urgency creates buying power, but, um, but that can still be created with a membership plan. It's just not everyone's doing it at the same time. So, yeah. Awesome. So um, what are some, so let's like, I'm going to ask one question. I kind of wrote these out of order when I was, when I was um, kind of thinking about them, but I guess when a practice is trying to consider, why would a practice want to choose um, or implement a membership plan? Maybe they haven't, I maybe they haven't done one or maybe they have one currently and they're looking yeah. and making sure the one that they have is working for them. Sure. Give, a, give them some tips there and then we'll move into, into how to use it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different reasons why practices might be motivated to implement or double down on their membership plan. I think first and foremost, which has been a huge driver and you've already touched on it a bit is practices that are planning on decreasing dependency on insurances. Um, obviously the whole point of dropping insurances is that, you know, that there's some cushion since you're giving away reimbursements, you know, that there's some cushion to lose some patients. If you're trying, if your goal is to go fee for service or just drop a couple of plans, whatever you can, you can, uh, swallow the pill of losing some patients, but you still want to retain, uh, a, a handful of them, or if not the bulk of them. So what we see with a lot of our customers is they plan on implementing the membership plan so that they can have that conversation and they can leverage the membership plan as a patient retention tool 
when having the conversation or educating their patients on a particular plan that they probably intend on dropping. So that's, that's number one is, is if they're planning on dropping some insurances. Number two, I think in, you know, I, there's no fear mongering associated with this, but I think it's, you know, we just got through the pandemic. There was definitely some economic turmoil, some uh, certain state, certain states were shut down, others weren't, but whatever that was, um, definitely impacted dental practices. And now on the tail end of this, we're seeing a potential recession, a, a recession on the horizons, whether um, we're there already or not, I don't know. And whether we get there, who, who knows, but a lot of practices are also wanting to have something that is perceived as more affordable for their patients, where they can still have those patients commit to care. And that's what you're doing with the membership plan is you're creating this valuable package that includes their preventive care and you're presenting it to the patients and you're saying, here are the savings that you're going to have. And this is what's included. And you're providing that patient with the transparency of expecting what's to come. So we see that a lot of practices, whether they're intending on patients having uh, financial hardships, or maybe they're projecting that patients will uh, be laid off, whatever, um, they, they have these membership plans in place ready for those patients that are going to need it. And, and also on top of that, there more, more baby boomers are retiring, they're losing their benefits. You're seeing the increase in the quote unquote gig economy workers for companies like Uber, uh, Grubhub, whatever they may be, they're not actual employees of their companies or contractors, so they don't have dental benefits. Um, so that's another reason. It's, it's, I would say, improving affordability and increasing access to care. Um, and, and I would say, I would say those are the two, two biggest motivators right now is, uh, are, are those two of why they would want to implement a membership plan. Yeah. I love that idea. I mean, especially as, especially the access to care piece of it. I mean, as a hygienist, that's near and dear to my heart. And I feel like the ability to provide, um, although we are not, we're not in the insurance business and there's a lot of, we are in the insurance, insurance business. What I mean by that is there's a lot of consultants out there that might suggest like, it's not your responsibility to educate your patient on their insurance. Right. But really we are in, in the business of educating patients on like how to accept, how to accept the treatment that they need. And part of that is making sure that they can afford the treatment that they need. And, and with that, and, and a lot of times they, a lot of people in society feel like there's this direct correlation between having insurance and getting care done. Um, and many of them, there, there's like a stopgap. Like if I don't have dental insurance, then I don't, and then I can't get the care that I need. Um, and I love that. I love the idea of how dental memberships can kind of break that mold a little bit for people and make it so that they can get the care that they need. And we might be able to, you know, affect um, parts of society that maybe we would normally have been able to affect um, because they just assume that they don't get the dental care that they need. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, like making an impact on them accepting the treatment, that's what our research as a company and our data that we collect, that's what it shows us when the patients are joining the membership plan, since we're giving them like that transparency 
Um, and, um, you know, a lot of people are retail consumers. So even when they're entering a practice, they want to know what they're going to pay. So when they join the membership plan, they're taking advantage of what they're paying for on the preventive side and hygiene side. And we actually see that the membership plan patients spend two to three times more. So case acceptance is increasing when you're providing that for them. And we're actually seeing a preliminary study that we're collecting. We've only seen it at one practice and we've only looked for it at one practice, but we're one for one right now. But we're also seeing in this one sample size that the membership plan patients are canceling less compared mm. to uninsured and insured patients. So you're completely changing the like consumer or patient psychology when they join the membership plan. So they end up being more profitable, more loyal. It's, it's really a good deal for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, so, um, what, I guess, I'm sure that you guys have studied this enough now to know what, say they implement a membership plan. What is the best way to like utilize that? Or do you, do you have suggestions on maybe, um, how to present a membership plan to a patient to increase case acceptance? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And honestly, that's, that's where you want to drop, or that's where you want to drive utilization with practices and, and patient adoption for enrolling for the membership plans. And we typically see that the best way to do it is to have like a savings comparison of what the membership plan looks like compared to paying cash compared to if they joined like uh, some type of insurance. Um, so making sure that the patient is fully understanding what, what's in the membership plan and why they're offering it is extremely important. Um, we actually saw our market research that we conducted back in like 2017. It showed us that patients, the number one reason why they didn't join a membership plan was because they thought it was too good to be true. And they thought that there was a catch somewhere. So I think just understanding and articulating to your patients, letting them know that this is a valuable package where you're essentially cutting out the middleman insurance companies that are traditionally taking around 40% of all the revenue that's generated. So when you cut them out, you're essentially reallocating that 40%. So you can tell the patient like, yeah, so this is a better deal since the insurance companies aren't taking any of these, any of this revenue. And we can allow you to have more affordable care and we'll as in turn profit more. It's a, it's a great deal for both sides, but I think just allowing the patients to know that you care for them, you value their, um, them as a patient and as a patron to your practice and just being transparent with them, let them know that there's, it's less restrictive. There's no red tape, um, as opposed to traditional insurance mm-hmm. and that, uh, that they'll be able to. Um, have a lot of benefits that will help them be more proactive as a patient instead of reactive with their oral hygiene. Yeah, I love that. And and I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that your market research has suggested that, you know, the number one reason why they don't sign up is because it feels too good to be true. Because when we first got a membership plan in, Mar- in our practice, I remember thinking like, this, this seems like seems it does it seems like it might be too good to be true so I think it's really important to be transparent like we're not this isn't just great for you like it is good for us as a practice like you you know you're signing up to come back to us like you're being you know what I mean and being transparent in that regard and then maybe they'll be like oh okay there there's upsides for both of us right 
I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the biggest takeaway is don't let them only know what the membership plan is. Let them know why you're offering it. Like be honest with the patient. Everyone appreciates transparency. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, there are a few companies now to choose from when it comes to choosing a membership plan, um, and our membership plan service, I guess, uh, what, how, how does clear kind of differentiate themselves from other people in the market? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. And there's definitely some players out there. We see the biggest competition. I'm sure all the other companies would say, say the same exact thing. The biggest quote unquote competitor out there are practices trying to do it themselves. Mm. Um, we know that a lot of practices feel like they are, um, there's a lot of pressure on them right now and they want to be able to save as much money as possible. So they just decide to implement it themselves. Um, we, we've seen that there are some exceptions of, of practices that can implement them and have processes that, that can scale properly and, and um, some processes that are automated, but you definitely want to make sure no matter what, no matter what it is, no matter what business process you're implementing, you always want to make sure that things are, that they can grow properly so that they're scalable. Um, you definitely want to make sure that everything's measurable. So if you're, the problem is when we're talking to a practice that's doing it in-house, they don't know their numbers, like even just like how many patients are enrolled on the membership plan. So it's, it's almost like, how can you really measure success if you don't know how many patients are on it? And that's where um, I think what we do as a company that's really great is not only providing customers with a dashboard that shows them active patients that are enrolled, that shows them the renewal percentages, uh, collections, but we also are able to show our customers when they've been on our, our platform for a certain amount of time, we can show them the impact and the ROI, the return on investment that they're having with their membership plan patients. So, you know, how many more visits um, are, are the membership plan patients having? What's their case acceptance look like compared to fee-for-service patients or PPO patients. So I think what we do really well is we give practices visibility to really understand the impact of mem membership plans for as it pertains to patient coverage options. And we also allow them to understand the impact on their practices revenue and bottom line. So what's how much money is it generating for their practice? Mm -hmm. um, so make sure it's measurable, make sure it's scalable. And obviously we, the, when you're outsourcing something, whether it's dental intelligence or whether it's clear, you want to make sure that you're making your front office team's lives easier. So mm -hmm. automate processes, make sure it's easy to manage. So, you know, we have some technology that's coming out in the near future where we will allow them to automate even more processes through practice management software integration. So um, I really think that we're, we're innovating uh, when it comes to the new technology that these practices will have their hands on, mm -hmm. which will give them time back to focus on patient care. So I really think that those are, are some of the main differentiators. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's some really great advice. I mean, it, it's, it sounds easy until you start it and then your front office team ends up with a lot of work, <laughs> a lot more work. <laughs> And we are big, big advocates about measuring, you know, what, if you don't measure it, then how do you know that it's working? And right now there's not a great way um, 
outside of a dashboard to like in your practice management software to see how many people you do have on a membership plan, how many people are accepting treatment, that kind of thing. And, um, and it's hard to know if it's working. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the last thing we also want is whether they're doing, if they're like doing it themselves or doing it with another, you don't want them to like be discouraged if mm. they tried doing it themselves, it failed for one reason or another. And you don't want them to jump to conclusion and say, well, well, membership plans just aren't a good fit for my practice. Yeah. Uh, you hope that there's some, some reflection and that the, that the practice can hopefully understand that we could probably have done things better. We're, we're stretched pretty thin right now. So that's also something we, you know, you hope you, you kind of have a shot if they had a, a poor experience trying to do it themselves or one way. Yeah, or yeah, definitely. Especially if you're short staffed, this is another way to help automate, automate the front for sure. Exactly. Well, um, it's been awesome. I always have fun talking to you. Um, what this last question that we ask um, all of our guests is important to us here at Dental Intelligence because growth is so important to us and growth means something different to everyone. So what does growth in dentistry mean to you? Yeah, I mean, as, as someone, you know, my, my dad's within the field of dentistry as an orthodontist. So I've been exposed to the industry prior to working at Clear. And, you know, I've, 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 when I, whether I was a young kid or not, I was always in the office. I, I feel like now that I'm working for a company like Clear, um, you know, it's pretty evident that dentistry is a, you know, I feel like it's constantly overshadowed by medicine just because there's so much more money in medicine or whatever. Um, and for that reason, we're a bit behind the eight ball, whether it's tech, uh, tech adoption, mm-hmm. uh, processes that need to be yeah. implemented, uh, front office processes. But I think for growth within dentistry, we're, we're on the right track and we're on the precipice of kind of taking that next step of how can we really allow these practices to have better business processes? Um, how can we allow the patients to have a better experience? Um, you know, it's, it's really, I don't want to say untapped, but I think that there's a lot of potential to improve the experience for dentists, office managers, and patients. Um, so I really think growth within dentistry is just any type of growth for those three parties, dentists, office managers, and patients. I think though, if you look at the big picture of dentistry, those three individuals are, are usually um, underserved. So I, I feel like that there are a lot of players like dental intelligence and clear that are out there looking to really improve the lives um, and the day-to-day workflow for those individuals when it comes to um, their experience. Awesome. Well, great answer, Brad. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, Where can they find more information about clear if they want to go? Yeah. If you want to learn anything about clear, our website's just K-L-E-E-R.com, clear.com. And if you want to reach out to me with any personal questions, my email is just brad at clear.com. And I'm happy to to answer any questions. Awesome. I'll make sure that those uh, links are also in our show notes. Uh, Again, thank you so much. Uh, This is, yeah, uh, this has been Growth and Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Thank you to our marketing department for all their work on this show. I'm Katie Poulsen. Keep growing.